Operation Red Pill Interrogation, a behind-the-mic Q&A hosted by Truthfully Armed, where we get asked the tough questions in order to provide you with honest and interesting answers. I'm Jason Spears with co-host Christopher Dean. Oh, yeah. And special guest interrogator Lance Fowles. Get ready. Join us for an all-out interrogation on this week's Intel Briefing. Who are Jason and Christopher, a behind-the-mic Q&A. To some, we're just voices behind the mic, and to others, we're those guys who always, always ruin everything. But it seems like people want to know more about us, like how we meet, what makes us tick, and why do we think the way we do. Well, we're going to talk about that and much more coming up right here on Operation Red Pill Interrogation. Welcome to Operation Red Pill Interrogation, where we get asked the tough questions in order to provide you with honest and interesting answers. Lance, you now have the con. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Are you ready to be interrogated? Yep. Come on. Let's bring it, it on, baby. All right. Okay, guys. So we've heard a lot of content, the facts, and the exposure of Luciferian ideas. So tell us a little bit more about you guys. Who are you, Jason and Christopher? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> it's funny as you were, as you were, uh, reading the question, I was thinking of the, uh, what is it? The scene from gladiator where he's like husband of a murdered wife, father, yeah. so I'd be like I am Christopher Adam Dean, husband of a living wife. <laughs> That's a great scene. Father Maximus a, a, Decimus <laughs> Meridius. Right. Father of a living child. Like it doesn't carry the same way. <laughs> My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. That's like one of the the most dope lines. It really is. That's why I get mad when everybody's like, are you not entertained? Is their favorite line from Gladiator. And I'm like, what? Yeah, not the top one. No, yeah, you need that not. one. Maximus Decimus Meridius. I was going to change my name legally. <laughs> Jason Decimus Meridius Spears. I would say one of my goals in life is just to be able to have a quote ready in my life that's that intense and that I don't screw up. Yeah. <laughs> That would be Because you'd have the time and then the moment and just... <laughs> Your voice cracks. Yeah. That's Maximus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be taken serious at that point. So yeah, Christopher, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Christopher Dean. Uh, like I said, I'm married to a wife. I have a child that just turned 13 months. Way smarter than he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a thinking believer, a Christ follower. And uh, with my best friend, we do this uh, ministry called Truthfully Armed, and we're getting ready to launch a podcast. I like that. Tell us about you, Jason. Well, you know, it's always hard when somebody asks you, you know, tell me more about who you are. Because you got to take this really broad idea of who you are are as a human being and funnel into this really short elevator pitch. Uh, it's like one of those things you hate being asked on job interviews. Hundred percent. But what I've I really, learned, I really like those, red shirts. Right. Like, okay, but that's not what I wanted. <laughs> right. But one of the things I've learned uh, is 
typically there's three things I tell people about me, but since I'm being interrogated, I'll give you four. Mm-hmm. So you want to know who I am is four things you need to know about me. Number one, I am a extremely curious person. You know, I have an, an, an insatiable appetite for learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I am highly relational. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that it took me to my, uh, adult years to really realize how relational oriented I am, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good for being so curious because it's the relationships between things that I find are very important for me. Uh, third thing to know about me is that I want to say I have a, a voracious, but that's not the right word. Uh, I have a very eclectic sense of humor mm-hmm. and it doesn't have an off switch. Sure. Which gets me in trouble <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a lot because there are things I'll find funny and it's normally at the, the most inopportune time mm-hmm. when you are not supposed to be laughing that I will be internally roaring with laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the final thing to know about me is I'm, I'm actually deeply sensitive. And that is in no way to be misconstrued as weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's not that. Um, but there are things that I'm able to pick up on and perceive that I think extend uh, beyond the ability maybe of people who are around me. Mm-hmm. Um which sometimes means, yeah, I get my feelings hurt, but it also means there are things that um, I'm observant to and thinking about on a wider, deeper level, mm-hmm. oftentimes than the person next to me. But those are, are four things, if you want to know who I am, I think are core to to my personality. Yep. Did I have four? <laughs> I think you had two. You got a wife and five. kids, so I'm still beat. <laughs> Yeah. That, that's my personality. I have a wife and kids. <laughs> Give me one. Uh, let me start with you, Christopher. Give me one thing that you would, how you would describe Jason. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, <laughs> that was unscripted <laughs> folks. <laughs> one thing. Um, shoot. He already said his sense of humor. That was pretty good. Um, I mean, you can say something that you notice about his sense of humor. No, I'd say um, he's very thoughtful. I was going to go with sexy, but all right, thoughtful works. <laughs> thoughtful. You, you would not be comfortable <laughs> if the first thing off the rip, tell me one thing about, oh, he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, everybody loves chocolate. This is ridiculous. No, um, I'll just use this example, actually. Um I had brought up something to him recently. Oh, you know, we listen to a lot of information and there, there's this one source that he thinks is, is a little abrasive on, on a, I don't know, a, a variety of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he has to even stop listening because it's, I just can't take it. You know, I don't have a stomach for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I heard something that I was like, oh, this is really wrong. This is like theologically inaccurate, right? So I bring it to him and I'm like, hey, this person said this. And he's like, well, actually there's a good case for that. And I was like, Huh. Huh. I don't even think I am that careful with my thoughts. So here's someone that he already sometimes doesn't have a stomach for. Yeah. It would be real easy to just add this to the list of things that you don't like about this person. They just keep screwing up. And he's like, well, actually, there is a good case. There's for this. a case like, for that. Wow. I really need to slow down a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I like really, that. I really appreciate that. Oh, about thanks, Jason. man. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, uh, how would you describe, what would you say to folks listening, give them information about Christopher? Absolutely fearless. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm glad this is recorded because that's not usually how it sounds when he's telling me. <laughs> oh, I'm about, about to get that. there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my earliest memories of, of Christopher, actually, I didn't know it was Christopher. Um, I'm coming to work. It's nighttime in my memory and it's um, winter. Mm-hmm. So was, we've had a pretty heavy snow. Yeah. And I'm getting to work still cold. I mean, one of those in the bones, in your bones, right. Type of chills. And, uh, I hear this ominous sound of a, uh, of a motorcycle. And I miss the light because I am struck by what I see. And it's this bearded Viking person riding a bike, like riding (laughs) a motorcycle in the snow. Yeah. As it snows to work. While you're in a vehicle chilled to your bone. To my bones. I'm like, what type <laughs> of absolutely dysfunctional yeah. person is riding their motorcycle at, at night? Yeah. So I happen to go to work. I'm talking to Christopher later. I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. He's like, what? I was like, dude, I saw this idiot riding to work today <laughs> on a motorcycle. He's like, a motorcycle? I was like, yeah, in the snow. What type of moron does that? And he was like, that's my bike. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> insert foot into mouth. Me. And I was yep. like, you've got to be kidding me. But the more I've gotten to know him, man, he, he doesn't really have, I don't think he possesses a good sense of common sense fear. Yeah, he's, he says <laughs> I don't have good sense. No, Most of the no, time, that's what no. it is. This dude right now is trying to plan a, a trip to uh, uh, Mount St. Helens to uh-huh. go hiking. Jason, you want to, don't even ask me. <laughs> no. So not just normal hiking, like on a mountain, mountain hiking. Which would be bad enough. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mount St. Helens. So in my mind, immediately, I jump to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I scroll down, mm-hmm. go over to the right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a training video by National Geographic that says Mount St. Helens, what you need to know. <laughs> oh, what do we need to know about Mount St. Helens? It blew up. It was a mountain that blew up. <laughs> kill a lot of people right it already did that so it's and nobody had any warning (laughs) they didn't know there were people hiking on it and so in my mind there's christopher right back on the ticking time by like isn't this great (laughs) and he wants me to be there he's riding his motorcycle there's an explosion behind him exactly can't hear i'm like "Mm -mm, no that's not for me now this dude he's he's fearless and i appreciate that about him uh because there's a lot there's a uh a transfer of that that happens for me mm-hmm. um, where I can be overly cautious. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I don't want to say is that he doesn't possess good sense because that, that would really be an oversimplification. Um, he really just isn't scared of a lot of things or possesses yeah. an, an immense confidence in God that some of the what ifs don't really enter into his frame of reference, which I, I'm growing to appreciate. Yeah, so he kind of draws you out of your sometimes over-cautiousness. Yes, my people are known for being cautious. Here and there. No, 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 as as a way. (laughs) It's a character trait. Character trait. Yeah, I don't know if that's a a bear or a dog, but I'm going to stay here. That's kind of how we are. Got it. We don't investigate anything. Yeah. Personally, I need to know whether it's a bear bear or a dog. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like I look at National Geographic always to see if I can find a black person just anywhere. I, I never found, I haven't found one in the jungles researching tigers. 
I haven't found one, you know, researching ants and fire ants or stingrays. You know, when Steve Irvin got killed, I was like, where's the black person? I just, I'm curious. Not there. On, they were on shore. They were on shore watching. <laughs> they were. Steve, get out the water, baby. This ain't where you need to be. I'm trying to tell you, Jesus has, has more free. St- oh, there goes Steve. <laughs> it's he, a wrap on the weekend. He didn't listen. That's he funny. Did. So how, how did you guys even meet? Match.com. I'm not going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> no, we met at a, uh, we met at a large, uh, shipping, uh, logistics company. You know, unfortunately you can't really use the names of companies nowadays cause they're hypersensitive mm-hmm. about being associated with that. But basically we worked at the same uh, company and happened to meet a few times, um, here and there. Mm-hmm. Then we ended up getting stationed together, mm-hmm. um, I ended up getting stationed over where Christopher works. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at that time he was working at Victoria's Secrets, um, responsible for scanning all of the uh, wonderful attire that they make and sending it out to the people that need it most, most Ricky tick. (laughs) And I decided to join him in that endeavor. It was a mistake. Uh But uh, yeah, the company actually sent me over there one time when I think they were uh, shorthanded. And so we went over to Victoria's Secrets and, uh, had a chance to actually talk with him and get to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and our friendship really blossomed out of that. Yeah, he wasn't real careful though. The first conversation that he had with me, Oh yeah, you know, typically you imagine, you know, it's somebody you don't know. So you pick an easy topic, you know, maybe filter yourself a little, maybe, maybe no, like uh, off the rip. He was, he was telling me that he was convinced I was going to hell. So, it's not exactly how the conversation. That's how went. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I, I told you we met prior to. Yeah, um, Vicky's is where we actually got to know each other. But yep, I think where I first met him was, um, I want to say, where we had to turn in our paperwork and things like that. I remember several days I, I would be having conversations with one of the uh, customer service associates who uh, I was becoming friends with. And I'm cracking jokes. And I, when you're when you're a comedian, you can kind of tell a lot about a person based on what jokes they laugh at and where in the joke they laugh. Right. You know, you can learn a lot about how their mind works. And what was curious to me is as I was cracking these jokes, I started noticing over the course of a few days, Christopher's laughing at a lot of them. But I'm also noticing where he's laughing. Mm-hmm. And they're at the places that I would laugh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a lot of people I know that would be laughing at that place in the joke. That's yeah. kind of funny. And you're eavesdropping. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. You over here <laughs> ear hustling on my conversation. <laughs> so as this goes on for a while, um, I'm talking with uh, our friend L.A. And I happen to be having a theological conversation where we were talking about, um, I think, sin mm-hmm. and the different the different tenses of sin. Different what's? Tense. Tense. Like you have a uh, past, present, and future aspect to sin. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were kind of talking about how Jesus delivers us salvation, how salvation also has three tenses to it. So Mm -hmm. you got salvation in the past where you're saved from the the penalty of sin. So we call that justification. Mm -hmm. You've got salvation in the present Mm -hmm. uh, where you're dealing with being saved from the power of sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call that sanctification. Mm -hmm. And then you've got... uh, salvation in the future where you're being saved from the very presence of sin. And we call that glorification. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, these interesting relationships between that. And I happened to, to when I was talking to LA, I was like, you know, 
Take Christopher, for example. You know, he probably understands. Nah, he's on his way though. He doesn't know nothing about this. <laughs> he was like, "What? Wait, me?" And in my defense, Christopher shows up to work in cowboy boots and a the a motorcycle mo- vest. Mo- motorcycle boots. They were riding boots. They weren't cowboy. To boots. a black person, they look like cowboy boots. They go click clack when you walk. <laughs> so all I hear is clan when you walk. <laughs> click clack, clank clan, clan clan. <laughs> This is all I hear. So I was like, I, I got I got a guy who is a president of a motorcycle club. This is at the time when Sons of Anarchy is on TV. So as far as I'm concerned, this is real life Jax Teller. Mm-hmm. And they aren't too fond of people who look like me. Mm-hmm. But I also know some of the things they do. I was, These are not good Jesus-fearing people. Uh-huh. And it didn't help that his brother worked there. And he also wore cowboy boots. And he wore Did he cowboy wear the jacket or the vest? No, he didn't have the vest, but I think he had a patch. So I knew he was in the group too. Okay. And his brother had worn, he wore the boots so bad that he had worn a hole in them. Oh, wow. Right. So both of these dudes are click clacking everywhere. <laughs> and so I was talking to LA. She was like, watch out for those brothers. Uh, it's the Dean boys. I was like, Dean boys. <laughs> that sounds bad. It sounds equally racist. I was like, I don't need to be around this dude at all. I wonder why he's spotting on me so much. Why, why, why does my last name sound racist? <laughs> it's the Dean boys. Yeah, yeah, that wait, sounds like trouble. Well, maybe trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and you have click clack. I told you, I hear clan okay, every okay. time you walk. The combination of the two. I'll, Both I'll of those, they were throwing up flags. <laughs> so we have this conversation, and uh, he got offended at the fact of what I had said. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, why are you offended?" And he was like, "I know who Jesus is." I was like, "A lot of people know who he is. What does that have to do with anything?" Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm a Christian. Mm, your attire would suggest otherwise. I'm going to need a little more information. Yep. And so we started talking, and we talked all the way from the office across the airport grounds to walking out the door. Mm-hmm. And we had this real long existential conversation about sin and, you know, is sin, all sins equal? Mm-hmm. He took a, a, a position where I think they are. I took a position where I said, I don't think they are. And he said, Why? talk this whole thing through by the time we get you know 10 15 minutes we get to the door mm-hmm. i said dude it's been great uh interesting though you really could have had this whole conversation solved earlier if you just would have answered this way to what i was talking about but it shut down the whole argument he's like wait a minute you were having this conversation with me and you knew way back then that your point was done mm-hmm. so yeah i just want to see how you think mm-hmm. he's like oh my gosh you're that dude <laughs> i am thanks for playing this is a fun time good to meet you right but it sparked this whole friendship. Like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I've met somebody who is who is uh, intellectual to a degree, mm-hmm. also has a sense of humor, mm-hmm. also into to, to the Bible. Yep. And seems to kind of know what they what they believe and why they believe it. Yep. And that set the groundwork for a whole bunch of conversations, which we started having at Victoria's Secrets. Mm-hmm. And a friendship came out of all that. Yeah. Christopher, how did you, re- I mean, talk us through how you responded, not in a violent way. Uh, no, I just remember being really shocked that here was this person who, the only thing I knew about him was, well, he's a, a large man, so I'm 6'8". Uh-huh. So I have an appreciation for people that are above average. Yeah. So that was probably the first thing I recognized. I was are like, okay. 6'8", I thought you were like 7'1". No, only 6'8". Really? So I was like, another substantial male presence. So even at a distance, I had this this kind of respect 
yeah. for him just yeah. for that. I mean, not that it really means anything. I don't dislike short people. Because <laughs> I am a short person, folks. <laughs> he had to clarify that well, there. Just because it's rare, I, ha- I have an appreciation. So, yeah. so there was that, and he was telling jokes. So I was like, he's kind of smart, and he's a big guy. So yeah. now all of a sudden this person who I'd kind of reserved a spot of respect now is coming at my throat. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to deal with that. Um, but I was really, even though I, I try to be thoughtful, um, like he was saying, I was borderline pantheistic at the time, mm-hmm. which is thinking that, that everything is, is God, you know, God is the coffee maker and he is the tree and just cause I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. but then kind of abandoned by the church. Mm-hmm. So I had all these ideas that I had to try to figure out and jam into my life without any guidance. Yeah. Um, and he came along and not only was he able to converse with me on this level, he knew better than I did and corrected my argument. And I was like, huh, I like this. Cause most of the time I couldn't even have people that would contend on that level. Yeah. And he was clearly at least in this one chess move was way over me. And I was like, huh, yeah, I got to know more about this guy. Like we got to have more conversation. So that was really cool. Which is really funny. Cause at that same time in my life, that was the last thing I wanted. I didn't want more conversation yeah. with people. Yeah, you wanted to keep things one-dimensional at the time. Absolutely. You were used to things only being one-dimensional, and then here you find somebody that's able to be three-dimensional. Yeah, right. I'm like new at a new job. I'm starting a new chapter in my life. Yeah. You know, I'm not Let's looking. pull back the change. Yeah. Let's you know, make the circle small. That's what you do. You yeah. know, you go ahead and you regroup, reset the clock. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of you slim it all down. Set the clock. I like right. that. It's a Riddick term. Yeah, you, you go ahead and you reset the clock, and you're like, all right, cool. It's just I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was the opposite for me because I'd been at the job for a while. Yeah. So I was really comfortable and kind of had this this boring job, you know, within the company. So I was looking like the first spark. I was like, this, I need more of this right now. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because even just in working relationships in general, it's interesting because you work for a company and then you develop all these different types of relationships within that company. And so what you're, what I hear you describing is you were kind of aware, oh, I can have like this could be like a work bestie. Yeah, kind of like. He he didn't like any of that. <laughs> Y'all tried to make me friends with Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> what? This, Cyrus the Virus. Didn't you see Con Air? Yeah. Yeah, don't you remember which, Cyrus which the one, Virus? Which one was John that? John Malkovich? Yes, got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. You made me friends with Cyrus the Daggone Virus. <laughs> It's not what I'm here for. I'm trying to make some money and leave. <laughs> he wants to talk about Jesus of all things. If I mess this up, he really is going to go where I was joking. Yeah. He was going. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to go to work. I don't need extra work pressure at right. work. I don't need extra pressure at work. Okay, you threw out a term there I've never heard. So what does a Riddick mean? Oh, the movie Riddick with Vin Diesel. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, this is the third uh, movie where he's uh, stranded on a on a planet, and he says, you know, now we got to reset the clock. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> that hilarious. Speaks to me. I'm used to Jason throwing out a term I've never heard before, and I need to ask him for the definition. So I heard him say Riddick, but you're, <laughs> literally, you're literally talking about a movie character. So my vocabulary is not, I'm not a loquacious person. I don't have a verbose vocabulary. <laughs> I'm not responding to that. I think that's, that's the beauty of like, not just our friendship, but like what we bring to the table with truthfully armed is because you don't know, is this a phrase that you've never heard before? Because it could just be a person in a movie. Yeah, (laughs) literally. We're not always one or the other. Yeah. It's yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, 
So like as you, as you guys, like in your work environment, you have all these other work relationships. So people observe you guys in your relationship as it grew. So do you think that you guys are more alike or more different than people that know you would expect? We are definitely way more different. I don't know if people expect that. Like if you just know us through Truthfully Armed mm -hmm. um, or our social media accounts, you might think that we're the same. I think it irritates people when they find out how different we really are because I think they tend to just lump us into the same category. Category, sure. And it makes it easier to deal with this. You know, you guys yeah. are just this, those guys. Yeah. And oftentimes he and I are constantly talking and we're like, we come to completely different polar opposite perspectives on things on almost everything <laughs> almost pretty everything. much it's crazy yeah. yeah and we're still able to be friends which is like really crazy yeah we're not arguing we're not you know upset with each other we're just we're different but see when it works like that do you don't you guys find then that because the way the way your relationship is is that you guys kind of have a sharpening effect on each other and that's it, it totally it does happen, but it, it's not, it doesn't just happen automatically. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, you put two people that are opposites together and <laughs> it works out great. Right. They, they just end up becoming better. No. Like if you don't have respect and trust in that relationship and respecting not just the person, but the things that make them different than you. Yeah. Then you're, you'll just be fighting about those things all the time. Yeah. I think that's a really key point to understand because there are other relationships that I have with people that I'm probably more similar to and I don't get along as well mm -hmm. as I do uh, with Christopher. And I think one of those key differences that we have is that not only are we different, but we're not in competition with each other. Yep. He's allowed to be him. I'm allowed to be me where we differ. We differ, but there's also an appreciation to, I know I'm different than you, but because I'm different, I, I would like to see why you see something the way that you do. It may not change my view, mm -hmm. but I think you'll, I'll see or I'll get a different perspective that might be interesting mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think that our differences, we actually celebrate. Yeah. Like I realize I can be a certain way and some of his differences complement um, some of the ways I can be. So I have to defer. Yep. You know, and make space for the way that God made him and vice versa. I think he makes space for the way that God made me so that we're not... Um, we're not competing against each other mm -hmm. and we're not uh, constantly in conflict. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. It does. But I, I think that's, I think it's really awesome how you guys are describing it because it's so much easier right now. And I think people have a tendency right now to find their comfort areas and then they end up surrounding themselves with people that think along the same lines as they do. And then you get stagnant and you don't, you're not able to learn. But if you can be around somebody who kind of sharpens and challenges you on your points of view, that, makes you a sharper individual and makes you more effective and opens up your mind right. to more things. I think if there was anything, if there was only one thing that we had in common, I think it's our, our desire and our pursuit of truth. Boom. Dude, that's what I wrote. Is it? <laughs> that's great. Wrote where? Um, <clears throat> make it a note for this. Mm -hmm. um, if, if I was asked that question, that was, that was how you're going to answer it. That, that I was thinking about, which I think it is our relentless pursuit of truth. Yeah. That keeps us pretty grounded. Yep. So if if one of us goes left of center and the other one calls the other out, yep. we're not offended. We're like, oh, okay, well, you're right. 
Yeah, let me scoot back. We got to come back in line. Yeah, right, that's what keeps us from being at competition because we're both headed to the same goal. Yeah. So no matter how difficult it is or how much it's against our emotions, because yep. there's a lot of times we'll be in conversations when you're just in your emotions. Like that, yeah. That's all this is. Which and pisses it, me off. <laughs> it <laughs> makes me more emotional. It's like I can understand women a little better. Yeah. Christopher's like, calm down. Shut up. <laughs> I am calm. <laughs> Don't I sound calm? I sound real calm. <laughs> no, you sound psychotic, bro. <laughs> I think you are way in your emotions. But but I think that's it's important that, that beyond what we're feeling in the moment, what we really desire is is truth and to be accurate. Mm-hmm. And and we we give each other the space to speak into each other's lives like that. Yeah. Look, I think you're wrong. Yeah. And because of this and because we care more about wanting to be right than be justified in our errors, mm-hmm. it, it's really allowed us to, to grow together and to, to put together, you know, this, this ministry as well. Yeah. 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 So like, even as we've been talking, I have to admit that I've noticed something. Okay. Um, What's that? I've noticed Christopher, you're white. Jason, am I? I've noticed that you're black. In today's cultural atmosphere, <laughs> does racial tension come up? What? Tension? I feel tense just asking that question. Yeah, we've got to be careful how we answer this. Yeah, you got to be. Might cause tension in and of itself. <laughs> Your voice has tension. <laughs> no. Um, it, it remi- it's, it's Why funny. do you get to go first? <laughs> Is this because you're white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All this privilege of getting to go first this is, this is ridiculous. But no, it, it's funny. It reminds me a little bit. Uh, Frank Turek says that dealing with racial issues um, is it's difficult to balance because on one hand, you can overemphasize and make everything about race. And then on the other hand, you have a tendency to ignore it. Mm-hmm. So when you were asking the question, I was like, well, can I say that there isn't any racial tension between us? Or am I just... Is it my white fragility that <laughs> that is not able to see the actual tension? So it, no, it's just funny. And Everything is racist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, it's funny you asked that question. I, I, I called Christopher one day. I, I listened to this um, this this uh, pastor. His name is Vody Bacham. Mm-hmm. And he was dealing with critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I, I heard that in the news. Let me see what this guy's got. Yeah. Dude starts talking. And he's breaking down the points of CRT. Mm-hmm. And he goes, one of the critical aspects, if you if you want to know if you've bought into the idea of critical race theory, one of the things that it teaches is that everything is racist. In fact, he's like, I try to get people to understand this by kind of using the Lego movie. You know, everything is awesome. He's like, everything is racist, <laughs> no matter wherever you look. And I was like, that has been my life theme song. <laughs> Yeah. Do you mean I'm part of the CRT movement and I ain't even know? I called Christopher. I was like, Christopher, I think I'm a racist and I didn't know. <laughs> He's like, I've known this for years. You're finally getting delivered. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm listening to this. And the dude was like, everything is racist. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been singing this all day. I've got so much repenting to do. <laughs> uh, it, it was interesting. He was able to take that. And we had this wonderful conversation that came from it. Um, I think it, we would it, it would be a complete lie to suggest that there's no racial tension at all uh, in our friendship ever. Like there's never been or there never will be, especially given where we come from. That's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. There's been lots of it and we've had to work through it. Mm-hmm. Some things are unintentional. Mm-hmm. You know, some things are um, 
just where you come from is not something you would think about. Mm-hmm. There was something I said to him, and he got kind of offended by it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, in our group of people, that's not really offensive, but you're not in our group. I can see why it's offensive. Define group as you're using it. Uh, ethnic group. Got so it. You're not necessarily black. So yeah. one of the things that, that happen, happens in black culture, mm-hmm. um, you break white people up into two camps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good white people and bad white people. Mm-hmm. No problem. There's nothing offensive there. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to take it a step further mm-hmm. and I put an extra emphasis on, on the ones that are good. Mm-hmm. So I come up with this phrase, you know, good white folks. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with bad white folks. So my sister will be talking to me sometimes and she has a problem with her phone. I'm like, listen, woman, you know, the good white people at Apple did not design this phone <laughs> for you to be using it the way you're using. What's wrong with you? Let's get it together. Uh-huh. Nothing really, really that bad. Right. At least to me. Yeah. I said it. Christopher heard it. And he was like, mm, I don't think I like that. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, he explained kind of how it sounded. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? Again, since we're trying to look for truth, yeah, I got to take a step back and realize I don't have those same ears. Mm. So maybe it does sound that way to someone with different ears coming from someone like me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I got to be careful using that term. Jeez, that's a lot of awareness. But you have to be. Yeah. Because you have to appreciate the differences. You have to appreciate what someone else has gone through. God made me a certain way, a certain ethnic group that he gave me, mm-hmm. a certain amount of melanin he gave my my skin. Mm-hmm. He made Christopher a different way, a certain amount of melanin he gave his skin. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make us of greater or lesser value, but it does mean that in a fallen world, we're subjected to different experiences. Yeah. And we've been molded and shaped differently by those experiences. And it would be incredibly... Um, narcissistic for me to think that he's only looking and experiencing his life from my vantage point. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So yeah, it meant that got to make a change there. What were your thoughts when he said that? Well, I don't be, think be very careful. here. <laughs> no, I don't think it was, it was cause this isn't necessarily something that we do. I don't think I came at him and was like, look, I'm personally offended sure. by the way you know, every time you say this, it makes me hate you. You know, I, I don't yeah. think that was it. Yeah. But knowing who he is, um, approaching it from this is what it could sound like. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I have to battle when you say it. Mm-hmm. So as we're pushing each other to be better, mm-hmm. it might not be something that you yourself want want to say. Because this could be the effect that it could have on, on people that are listening. Sure. i tell you an example of when we actually did have a pretty uh, intense conversation. Yeah was over the concept of privilege. Mm. When I like flat, I was like, yeah, you're privileged. Mm-hmm. And he went off and he was like, no, I'm not. I've had all sorts of problems and everything else. And I was like, once again, it's clear, a clear <laughs> example of privilege. You can't even see how privileged you are. Yeah. Before I got hip to CRT gang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had a very intense discussion about that. And it, I think it took, uh, I want to say it was like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So multiple conversations. Oh, yeah. Topic. Yeah. We had to Makes keep sense. circling back to that. Yeah, life isn't a sitcom that in 45 minutes everything can be resolved. I oh, wish. Man. <laughs> I wish it was. Uh, but no, we had to keep coming back to that. And eventually, where we landed was actually, I think, kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, because we were able to hear the other person out. You know, when Christopher says to me, when you say I have privilege, it pisses me off because it implies then that I haven't had 
any sort of conflict in my life. I haven't had things that I've had to deal with, and I've had a lot of crap mm. I've had to deal with. Mm -hmm. So I don't quite see where the privileges. I came from a different perspective, which was, no, you still could have uh, a lot of crap you have to deal with and still be afforded certain advantages. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily overlook the issues you've had to deal with. It just still means you have certain advantages, mm -hmm. such as if a woman came up to us and was like, you're privileged because you're a male. We both have had things we've had to go through. It's like life wasn't easy for us, mm -hmm. but there are certain things we don't have to deal with because we're both male mm -hmm. in a male-dominated world. Mm -hmm. So for we were both able to kind of step back and go, hmm. Yeah, it, it was really interesting because when you hear about it in the media, it's only white privilege is all that's talked about. Not privilege for every demographic, mm -hmm. you know, it, or, or every group, you know, yeah. it's always this myopic look. So, I mean, it, it took a couple of weeks, but to really look at each individual case. Cause I got really angry internally when he rebuffed the point that I was making. Yeah. And immediately I went to a racial rationale for why you couldn't receive what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I had to step back and be like, I think Satan might be actually, working on both of us to bring about a, uh, a tear in our, in our division, in our relationship. Sure. Um, and we're not necessarily seeing it yeah. because we're already committed to this particular view. Yeah. So we really had to step back and I was like, Oh shoot, we can actually see where there are steps being taken strategically to wedge, you know, put a wedge here and, and break up our friendship. Yep. And I'm sure this happens with other people who can't even really perceive what's happening. Yeah. You know, let's slow down and look at why, why am I even upset to yeah. the degree that I am? Yeah. You know, why do I not feel, quote, unquote, validated? I feel like the man is putting his foot on my neck and not recognizing the fact that there's definitely privilege that he gets. Yeah. And on, on the flip side, like, why are you trying to tell me that I'm the person that's doing X, Y, and Z? Like, I haven't had problems in my life. Had yeah. one of the worst lives possible. Yeah. You know, really, it, it was like uh, a case study. And slowing down and realizing that back behind the scenes, there are ideas and ideologies that are put in play that are already moving to get us to certain places of conflict that we don't recognize. 100%. Yep. And I thought that's why I thought it was beautiful that we could have the conversation. It's not a lot of people I could have that. 100%. Yeah. Um, and they still stay emotionally controlled. Yes. You know, and, and not go off the deep end. It would have been so easy for you to just let it go. Most people would just let it go. Right. So it's fascinating to me that you stuck your finger on it and pushed a little bit. But then for the both of you to do whatever that dance was for a couple of weeks. Okay. But here's, here's an important question then with this whole conversation. When are you guys having this conversation? What year? I want to say like three years ago, two, three years. Probably. Yeah. Relatively. Sounds recent. about right. 2019, 2020. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, uh, but with all right. the crap that happened in 2019, so with all that stressors. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I, I find that that's very fascinating that you guys were able to have that kind of a conversation in that kind of an environment because you're very, you're, you're, we're supposed to respond very specific ways in those situations. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be guilty. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because part of, like being specific, defining our terms. And like, I remember even in the midst of that conversation, we would break it down to, well, when you say this, 
this is how I feel. Yeah. This is what I know. This is how I'm responding emotionally and like really breaking down step by step. How do we get through this? Yep. What, what makes us respond to this way when we might know something that's contrary to that? Yeah. Like it, it really took a lot of work, but it was that type of awareness and transparency with one another that helped us come to that better place. But see, then race has played a, a different role in our relationship. Like I remember calling Christopher one time and telling him, I'm really mad at God. Mm-hmm. He's like, why? Because he put so many white people in my life. I can't really be racist fairly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a problem sometimes. Cause sometimes you just want to put everybody in a group and be like, here you are. And I'm done with you. Yep. But I've got your family. I've got, you know, you, your wife, your kids, Christopher, his family has literally adopted me. Mm-hmm. What do you, you do with that? Right. You know, you're like, you're my black son. I was like, I mean, we're in the hierarchy is that made me like three quarters of a son because <laughs> in the Constitution, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know where, I, where we rank in here. I need to know. And I have equal inheritance here on the yeah. farm. Yeah. I need to know. But they, they've openly accepted me. Yeah. Um, which meant I had to deal with certain things in my heart towards a totally different group of people um, that my ethnic group may not require me to ever address. Mm. You know, it might be okay to say certain things or to have certain views. I remember one time I was watching the news and uh, this person, particularly what they did, I was like, that has to be a white person. <laughs> There's the particular crime. I was like, there are different types of crimes be- be- between the races. I don't know if it was Chris Rock who said this, you know. You hear that an old lady got kicked down a flight of steps and, and her first of the month check was taken. That's a black crime. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but if you hear... Somebody rode through 13 states wearing another person's head as a hat. That is a white crime. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that black people do. And so I was kind of sitting there, you know, I heard something on TV. I was like, clearly that's a white person. I think it was a sniper situation. Oh, sure. I was like, oh, that's definitely a white person. <laughs> Found out it was a black person. I was stunned. <laughs> and I was, was like, so what are you going to do with your presuppositions <laughs> there? Yeah. I was like, I didn't know I had them, but now I got to address them. Yeah. You know, because we get programmed in this life so quickly. Yeah. To label, judge, and dismiss people based on preconceived ideas and not to treat people as sacred human beings that God has created and they are made in the image of that creator and bear intangible. I don't want to say intangible, but bear. Uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? A f- fingerprint? No, worth. They have uh, inherent, inherent worth. Thank you. Yeah. That's the word. Um, and re- and to appreciate them as such, even flaws and all. Yeah. Normally, we like to put them, make them an object and then dismiss the object. Right. And so having to deal with racial issues has forced me to look at things that have been in my own heart and have to address those. Yeah. And, and again, this is another area that we're completely different, not just because he's got more melanin than I do, mm-hmm. but... Um, he's very, I would say racially sensitive, mm-hmm. right. Being a minority in America, mm-hmm. but I was raised, I mean, my whole family was outcasted. Right. And my mom did a really good job raising us that we just, if there was any talk about differences in races, it was usually because we wanted to be like them, like as musicians, you know, or whatever, we really appreciated the way that black churches sounded you know, mm-hmm. the rhythm that they had and things like that. Yep. But, but, we do sound pretty dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. But outside of those very small 
um, appreciations for those differences. Like there was no conversation that we had mm-hmm. about, you know, these people are, are less, or this is how we need to think about these people or anything like that. So, um, like coming at it from the outside, you know, not just being white, but being unfamiliar with the cultural tension, mm-hmm. you know, cause we were, we were poor and just, you know, we did some homeschooling and, 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 and things like that. Um, outside of other things that kept us apart. So it's been an interesting journey to kind of look, um, openly look at what's happening in society, mm. even though I'm not a part of it. Yeah. You know, I'm in the, what they say is that, you know, the guilty party or whatever, but really coming in going, I don't know what any of this is. Like Jason's had to tell me, yeah, this is what some people, you know, say about this race or that race. I was like, I've never heard that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean that's racist? Like, it, it inevitably it, leaves me feeling like I'm the racist <laughs> in the friendship. I'm like, this is horrible. But no, it's, it's been a really interesting journey. Yeah. That, that could be, it could have been bad. Yeah. You know, without the, the trust and the respect that we have for one another. Yeah. Um, we could have just been at each, at each other's throats the whole time. Okay, guys. So you've kind of been speaking to this already, but maybe you just have kind of maybe a couple final points to kind of refine this. When you guys talk about all like your different, all your, all your differences and how you guys are in your relationship, what specific roles do you guys find yourselves taking in your friendships that makes it so successful? Well, I'm the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. (laughs) No, no. Um, in reality, Jason, well, I'll, I'll start with myself just because it'll make sense this way. I have a tendency to to like bulldoze forward into things. Like, mm-hmm. this is a good idea. Let's go. You know, let's yeah. one person says podcast. I'm like, yes, let's go. I've already bought stuff on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but then Jason has um, the tendency to to want to refine and improve. And I think that's a really good dynamic that we have because independently, I'd just be bull rushing into all kinds of things haphazardly. And then he'd have a, a bunch of polished things that no one would get to see. Mm-hmm. So the way that we allow each other to work in those rules, I help keep pushing us into things. And he's like, well, we've got to fix this, this, and this, and this before anyone looks at it. So it's it's a pretty cool dynamic there. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also another role that we both play, and I think it's more uh, akin to how God's designed us. One of the cool things was uh, during my friendship with Christopher, he got to see when I became a truck driver Yep. and I was freaking out like the whole time, even when they gave me my license, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like I would get out and park the trailer and I'd be walking down the truck and I would call Christopher. And I'm like, I can't believe they let me drive this. Mm-hmm. Like this thing is huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. This thing is crazy. Um, Christopher actually went, on a, a ride with me mm-hmm. and we drove from Columbus to Indianapolis and, and back. back. And during that time we learned something about ourselves. that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher by nature is probably more like a motorcyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, very quick moving up the road. Things are packed up very minimal and we rolling constantly mm-hmm. moving just up the road. I'm probably more like a truck. Mm-hmm. I got a lot that I'm bringing. I got to account for all the size differences and variables. And as we go up the road, I can't zip and zap because of what I'm bringing. Yeah. Whereas Christopher is zipping through traffic and, (laughs) you know, move 10 miles down, down the road. I've got to look ahead. Whereas he might not have to look as far because I can't stop as quick. All of those dynamics in our personality actually show up in our occupation and in our passions. Yeah. 
which is really crazy because then there have been times where we'd be dealing with something and Christopher gets burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you burnt out, man? We, we got a whole lot more. He's like, I'm a motorcycle. I don't have the yeah. capacity <laughs> yeah. for all of this. I was like, yeah, I'm a semi-truck dude. I'm not even full yet. We, we got more freight to, to put on here before we ride. Yeah. Um, but in, in our friendship, we also play those dynamics. Mm-hmm. So with a semi-truck, one of the, one of the critical things you're thinking about are, is braking yep. and being able to stop. Yep. Uh, with a motorcycle, it's go, go, go. Yeah. And so just like he was saying, he's normally the guy that's on the gas all the time. Yeah. Uh, let's roll. Let's hit it. Let's do. Yeah. And I'm the guy with the brakes like, yo, slow down. <laughs> we got stuff we got to do here. Break. And it, what, the funniest thing are when those roles reverse. Mm, yeah. When I'm like, let's go, let's go. And Christopher's like, break. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> you think you knew what a break was? <laughs> You know, but God uses both of those dynamics to help push us down the road, but push us down the road in a safe way yeah. and still getting everything there uh, that we need to have there. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I do too. That's awesome. Okay. So now that the six part mini series is over, guys, can you tell us uh, and your audience what to be expecting from you guys moving forward? Great stuff. <laughs> But no, so the six-part miniseries, you know, we touch on the three control sectors of the satanic control matrix, which is demonically influenced education, satanic brainwashing, and... Mind control. Satanic mind control. My bad. I was brainwashed. (laughs) (laughs) And the New World Order. So going forward, uh, we're going to pick more... um, what's the word I'm looking for? More specific things. So we'll do like movie reviews, current events, political issues, uh, practical analysis of scripture, um, things that are happening in the education system, even technological breakthroughs. You know, we'll be able to look at all of those things through this lens of the satanic control matrix. Mm -hmm. So we, we have our guard up and we really know what we're being exposed to or what we're moving through. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what, what our podcast will be about moving forward. And then we've got another aspect of basically um, uh, Operation Red Pill. It covers two primary things. One is the satanic control matrix. The other thing is the war college. And the war college is about equipping people to be able to handle the satanic control matrix while also helping people wake up. So it deals with things like apologetics. It deals with more uh, practical Christian uh subjects or, or difficult things we have to deal with to equip that type of fighting warrior with the tactics necessary to engage on this type of battlefield. So something we're really looking forward to is to dealing with that, dealing with apologetics, dealing with uh, how to actually share your faith, dealing with why Christianity is an intellectually satisfying uh, and rationally uh, justifiable belief system. Yeah. Understanding the ramifications of what we believe and how it plays out, um, not just geopolitically, but how it plays out socially with the issues, you know, coming to terms with is is the Bible wholly adequate to address the concerns that we have today? Or do we need an addendum to it? Do we need additions to? Yeah, if we don't. Then what does scripture say about this and how should this affect how I think or what I believe about X, Y and Z? Yeah. You understand where I'm coming from? Yes. So I'm just as excited about the war college as I am about uh, dealing and exposing the the satanic control matrix. 
Yeah, okay, you've mentioned war college three times. Is that a truthfully armed term? I can't say that we coined that because I'm sure the U.S. military has that with West Point and other places. Sure. Um, but the idea um, is probably unique to us. Yeah, the ideas that you have for the war college. So yeah. that's going to be something that you guys are kind of yeah. presenting to people. Yeah, right. The war college <clears throat> items. Got it. Yep. Anything to add? No, that was good. I'm just mad I forgot about that part. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Make the dream work, baby. Refining. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I, I mean, I think uh, there, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, there's so much. I don't mean to say that in a way that overwhelms a person because some people might be like, oh, my God, I, I just partially digested what we just went through. Mm-hmm. I don't have capacity for anything else. Um, but when I, when I say so much, I, I don't mean it in an intimidating way. I mean it in a really cool way of not being bored. Yes, there's a lot of interesting things to talk about and to see and to get into. You, you understand what I mean? And, yes. And to really look at this through a biblical lens to see what does God think about X, Y, and Z, or why is the enemy, why is Satan presenting this in this particular way? What's happening to us in real time? Yep. Uh, what's what, Where are we going in this world? times and seasons and how can I better prepare myself and my children to address the issues that are coming on? Like some of that stuff I can't wait to get into Yeah, because it it takes Christianity. It takes our belief in in Christ and what he's done for us out of the ethereal realm and places it squarely in reality and what we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's one of the things that we lack in the West. Yes. I think our belief is, is, is loosely rooted and sentimentality, sentimentality, yeah, uh, and not deeply rooted in actuality. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of why well, I just believe because this is how I was trained, as opposed to no, you should only be believing this because this is what makes sense. Yeah, well, right. it doesn't make sense. Well, let's go figure out mm-hmm. why it doesn't and explain it so it does. Yeah, because that's why you should believe something, not just because you were told to. Yep. You should believe what makes sense to believe. Yeah, Christopher. Um, Jason said uh, several times before. I don't know if this is his original thought or not. Um, I'll take credit. But, but just touching, you know, making it interesting that, you know, you can be bored watching a game, right? Watching a basketball game yes. or, or golf or whatever, but it's not the players that are on the field that are bored. Yeah. So one of the things that we hope to accomplish with Operation Red Pill is to show you that you don't just have to sit there and watch. Like everything that's going on, you're a part of it. Yeah. So it, from, from that perspective, it, it does make it fun. It makes it interesting because it puts everybody on the field. Right. I think content like this is becoming more and more, there's more and more demand for content like this because I think people and culture is just getting worn out with the same old regurgitated storylines of movies and TV and even maybe music. And so like long form stuff like this, where you can really get in and really get some good meat. I think people are really hungry for it. I would agree. I hope so anyway. Yes. Okay. Closing comments, guys. Jason, Uh, you want to go first with some closing comments? Sure. Really quick. Uh, If I could leave the, uh, if I could leave our listeners with anything, one of the things I would want to say is that don't be afraid to have real conversations um, and don't despise the small moments in life. I mean, both of you guys sitting here are here because of small moments in life that we, we both share 
that blossomed into friendships. Yeah. And those friendships blossom into an opportunity to do a podcast that hopefully um, helps other people. None of us had that insight at the moment that we met. You know, none of us were thinking about any of that. Well, maybe you were, Christopher. You think ahead. <laughs> you know, but I, I would encourage people, don't be afraid to have real conversations, even tough ones. Right. Even ones where you maybe feel out of pocket. Go have the conversation. You know, if you feel like you got more to learn, go equip yourself with, with, with the skill sets necessary, uh, the information necessary to be able to talk more intelligently about it. But don't run from it. People are, are, are yearning for real conversation, real relationship. Um, and that relationship happens at the small moments in life. You know, sometimes it's just having a conversation at work while you're walking out, but having a intentional, real moment, a genuine moment that means a lot to a person. Yeah. Sometimes it's just listening to them intentionally and focusing on what they're saying. That means the world to them, especially in a world that's too busy or says that we're not important enough for people to care about us. Talk. And you'd be surprised if you invite God into those moments, what happens, how he grows things. I say go for it because it makes life so much more interesting. That's good. I would uh, like to leave a couple thoughts at the end here. One of the things I wanted to do since we talked about the the war college is kind of use a, a few scriptures to triangulate our position um, in moving forward with this podcast. So I like the scriptures. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, which is Ephesians 5, 6. Our weapons are divinely powerful to tear down strongholds, ideas, um, and opinions that set themselves against the knowledge of God, uh, which is 2 Corinthians 10, 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of the enemy, but expose them, which is Ephesians 5.11. So those three points, where they interject is kind of where we want to meet society. Um, because we, we are at a war, mm-hmm. you know, um, but we have, using the Bible that's anticipated all of this stuff that's going on, we are equipped and divinely empowered to take on these ideas, these difficult ideas and opinions that set themselves against the knowledge of God. And we have the, the mandate to expose these works. <clears throat> but even in that, like we've kind of, it's, uh, as much as we're passionate about pursuing truth, we've kind of humbled ourselves in what we'd rather be doing. You know, mm. like we were saying, sometimes it's easier to just binge watch Netflix yeah. than sit down and put this stuff together. Yeah. But we believe that God has called us to this. So we've humbly submitted our own wills to, to do what God has asked us to do. Um, so we're... We're not, you know, trying to stand on a tower or put ourselves up on this pedestal because the, right. co- the content that we're dealing with, it makes it hard and it might be hard for the listener um, to think that we're humbly approaching these things and, you know, doing it as a servant and doing it because we want people to learn. We want people to um, analyze what's been put in front of them mm-hmm. because a lot of the content is, is difficult. So we're going to, we might sound harsh, might sound like we're, you know, coming at your throat or whatever, but we're really doing this as, as a service. Um, and you know, Jason was talking about the importance of, of relationship. So reach out, you know, if you like, don't like whatever, you know, have a relationship with us. We're not just, uh, a podcast. We're people that want to help people. Right. And, and with that, I'd like to end on, um, Acts 17, 11. It's where Luke tells everyone that's listening to don't take Jason and Christopher's word for it, but he condones the, um, the Bereans because they listened 
uh, to what the preaching was, but then they went back to search it out. So that's what we ask you to do. A lot of the stuff we talk about is weird, but listen to us with an open mind and then make sure that we're, we're on point, that what we're saying is accurate. That's great. Great way to end it. Well, gentlemen, with that said, thank you for letting me interrogate you today.